0: Wrestling fans want to know what makes a great promo. Now people who don't know what they're talking about will say that all you need is to be loud, produce a lot of testosterone, but we know that's not the case. A great promo doesn't need to be loud. It doesn't need to be some righted up, coked out freak shouting at the camera making us try to believe that he's from outer space. It doesn't need to be some larger than life billionaire laughing obnoxiously at how much better they think they are than us. A great promo needs to deliver one thing, and that's the truth. When you speak the truth, you don't need to shout it from a mountain. You don't need to get in everybody's face. You can say it with a whisper. You can say it with a whisper, and the whole world will listen. When you speak the truth, that's what makes you a star. That's what puts you at the very top, because those who are the best on the microphone all know one thing, You can wrestle your way to the middle, but you have to talk your way to the top. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Closet Champion Podcast. I am your host, the reigning, rarely defending, highly quarantined champion of wrestling podcasts, Mike Mueller. On today's episode, I'm going to shine a light on the greatest mic workers of all time. You know, mic skills are something that are critical for any true superstar to have. They can make an average wrestler look amazing, and they can make a great wrestler look like the best of all time. Being a great mic worker is so important for many reasons, mainly because storylines are why we care about wrestlers and the outcome of their matches. Without great storylines, it's just a group of guys in a ring doing some athletic spots. Stories are what sell it. Stories are what get us invested. And the stories are what make rivalries great. And more than anything that you could ever do in the ring, I think the best way to advance storylines is through the microphone. Today, I am going to give you my list of the top 10 mic workers of all time, and I'm going to share a clip on what made each of them so great. But before I do that, I think we need to dissect what makes a great promo. To me, there are three things that make for a great promo and a great mic worker in general. First, intensity. I know i just spent my whole intro talking about how a wrestler doesn't need to scream into the camera but we still need to feel their emotions intensity means so much more than just screaming and yelling it is conveying that you have conviction in what you are saying that your words matter you need to be able to draw people in and keep them captivated and for a lot of people the easiest way to do that is to scream But you can have a quiet intensity, like several of the wrestlers on my list have, and you can still draw people in and leave them hanging on every word. As long as you convey intensity in some believable way, that is going to get you very, very far in cutting a great promo. Another thing that makes a great mic worker is someone who has memorable catchphrases. Now, catchphrases aren't everything, but they are important. If you have something that you can call back on, something that's relatable to people, they're going to feel closer to you. They're going to feel like they understand you. They're going to feel like they're in on the joke. When they say along with you, it doesn't matter what your name is, they get invested. They are now part of it. And if you can come up with some great catchphrases that lead to memorable moments, you'll be able to have a very long successful career as a mic worker. The third thing I think that you need beyond intensity and beyond catchphrases and memorable moments is originality. You have to get on that microphone and you have to say something that people haven't heard before because wrestling has been around for a long time now and there's only so many ways that you can say that you're going to beat somebody up. You have to come in with a fresh take, an original mindset, and more importantly than that, a unique voice, something that people have not heard before to really captivate and wow them. If you can combine all three of these things, the intensity, the great catchphrases, and the originality, you are well on your way to being one of the greatest mic workers of all time. And before I get into my top 10 mic workers, I want to give several honorable mentions. You know, I think this was by far the hardest list that I've ever had to try to compile for this show so far because there are so many great mic workers and I am such a huge fan of people that can deliver a great promo that this was difficult for me. So real quickly, just a few honorable mentions, people that didn't quite make the cut, and I'll try to explain why, is first of all, The New Day. Um, I think the biggest reason why they're not on this list is because New Day is effective as a group. The individuals are all pretty good on the microphone, but none of them are as good as when they're all together and feeding off each other. And for the sake of this list, I wanted to keep it to individuals who really shined. Uh, Another person on the list that many people, that's not on the list, I should say, that many people think deserves to be is Dusty Rhodes. And I fully admit that Dusty Rhodes is not on this list because he was before my time, plain and simple. Uh, if you go back and you look up Dusty Rhodes' hard time promo, it's amazing. I'm not taking anything away from him, and I think his body of work may be better than some of the people that I have on this list. But Dusty, I just straight up don't know enough about you. I didn't follow you in NWA. Uh, it, like I said, it was before my time, and for that reason alone, Dusty Rhodes doesn't make the list. Another person who doesn't make the list is Jericho. Um, Jericho is incredibly funny and very natural on the microphone, but I feel like his intensity is missing. I feel like he tries too hard to be goofy and funny, and it comes across, but it comes across at the expense of some authenticity. Um, for that reason alone, I don't put Jericho on this list. But I think Jericho is one of the funniest people in the all of professional wrestling. And if I'm looking for promos to make me laugh, it's going to be Chris Jericho and Bobby Heenan. And speaking of Bobby Heenan, he and Paul Heyman are the other two people that I want to give honorable mentions to. The only reason why they are not on this list is because I wanted to focus this list to people who did the majority of their work in ring. And then also were great mic workers. On top of that, I'm talking specifically about the wrestlers who were great mic workers. Paul Heyman has taken some bumps. Bobby Heenan's taken a lot of bumps, uh, but. They, at the end of the day, were managers and commentators and promoters. And so for that reason alone, I am excluding them from this list, but I do not want to overshadow their greatness. They are two of the best of all time, and they deserve to be mentioned among the best of all time. So there you go. Uh, New Day, Dusty Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Paul Heyman, Bobby Heenan, all I wanted to put all of them on this list, but they just kind of missed the cut. So if those amazing talkers missed the cut, Who are the people that made the cut? Well, let's start out with number 10, The Miz. Really? 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 The Miz? Yeah, really. The Miz. The Miz is someone that we all love to hate. And I think a big reason why we all love to hate The Miz is because he is so good on the microphone. There is no denying it. The Miz can be a bona fide asshole whenever he wants to be, but that's only because he is amazing at manipulating our emotions every single time he picks up a microphone. He's been doing it his entire career, and honestly, it's probably why he's had such a long run in the company. For somebody who everybody in the back... And wrestling fans alike wrote off as nothing but a flash in the pan, someone capitalizing on a little bit of reality star fame, thinking this guy's going to be gone in less than a year. But he wasn't. In fact, he's still around today, doing some of his best microphone work today. The Miz has proved his staying power with incredibly realistic and gut-wrenching promotions. and Promotions. <laughs> Promos. And I think the one that stands out, probably above all the others, is the amazing promo that he cut on Talking Smack, August 23rd, 2016. He was the Intercontinental Champion, and he was sick and tired of being overshadowed and overlooked by people like Daniel Bryan, who did not give him the respect. This finally all came to the surface and got let out in one of the greatest promos of all time. Let's take a listen. a right.
1: That's what I think fact is you sit there and you have the the women's championship the new women's championship and the new tag team championship you put a whole platform from a whole set for them. bring all the superstars out but what did you talk about with the intercontinental championship a title that has rich history hall of famers have held this title pat patterson Sean Michaels, Bret okay, Hart, okay, Mr. Okay. Perfect.
2: We had you on like two weeks ago, Miz. We don't need to hear. Yeah, and again. obviously you didn't hear my calling. This is the last title that you held,
1: Daniel. Last one, the last title. And you said you wanted to make it relevant. You wanted to make it prestigious and right, honorable. Right. That is what you said. And I, you know, yeah, There's I. A words coming well, out here's the deal. Now, I have, listen, I I have
2: respect for the title. I just don't have respect for the person holding it. Oh, why? What did I do? What, did, what is the thing that I do that was so wrong in the WWE? You haven't done anything wrong. I just I, I don't like the way you wrestle. That's and that's I yeah, I think yeah. a lot of the fans don't like the way you wrestle either. That's <laughs> and, and I, I mean don't like the Ray. The, the fact that I that I beat Apollo Cruz at SummerSlam,
1: uh, fair and square, no cheating, no nothing. Like you like, mm-hmm. and I beat him one two three with the skull crushing finale. But that that's that's the
2: bad thing. That's that's bad wrestling. Okay. Well, what I am going to say is that I was very proud of you and Apollo mm-hmm. Cruz the way that you guys went out there at SummerSlam and 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 to me you guys had a good match uh but i was more impressed with apollo cruz than i was with you to be to be quite honest he lost yeah he, he might have lost but i guess the kind of thing is is that you to me uh there's no gentle way to say it to me you wrestle like a coward you wrestle like somebody who's, I, af- who's afraid to get hit like i i, I, re- I wrestle i wrestle like, like a coward. you I'm... wrestle like a coward I'm the one. Doing. If I if I were to create a wrestler who, to me, like embodies, like when I was an independent guy and I was thinking like, oh, okay, what's the soft WWE style? It would be that. WWE has transformed I mean, in you, the you, last... Hold on. You, you, had a, you had a chance to talk. You, you're the one that called me a coward in, in the wrestling ring. I'm
1: the coward in the wrestling ring. Yeah. But let's talk about cowards for one second. The reason I wrestle the way I wrestle is because I can do it day in and day out all the time for 10 plus years. I have never, never in my career ever have been injured. I don't get injured for six months to a year. I am here each and every week. But you sit there and call me a coward? Yeah. I'm the coward? Wait, let me tell you about a coward. Let me tell you about a guy who tells his WWE fans, the people that he loves, that he will be back. He promises them, I promise you, I will be back in one year's time to claim this title. But you didn't, Daniel, did you? But I'm the coward. Okay, I'm the one if that they, doesn't love if the they, fans. If they would let me come back, I would come back. Oh, if, if you, you would? Yeah. You would. You you love that WWE ring. You love being wrestling. You love being right in that wrestling ring. and. You you love wrestling, right? Well, why don't you quit? Why don't you quit and go to the bingo halls with your indie band? Okay, I think you then, need huh? to calm. No, That's not, no, what, this sh- that's not this. what this show's me about. The GM have this. Thank you very much, Renee. This is a great show, but we're talking here. I need to talk to you real quick because the fact is, you're the one that calls me the coward, but you're the one that doesn't get in the WWE ring again. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. No, don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time you're the coward i am not a coward i am your intercontinental champion and there's a reason i am the title reason making this the most relevant prestigious title that wwe has and i deserve on on smackdown live get that camera right here Understand that this is day 141 of the never-ending Intercontinental Championship World Tour. And I swear to you, I promise you, it will be the most relevant title on SmackDown Live. I can care less about those little kids on, on for the tag team titles and the Women's Championship and the WWE Championship. This is my show. My show. And I'm sick of all of you, my GM, sitting there criticizing me, calling me the coward. You're the cowards. I'm the one here day in and day out in that wrestling ring beating people up. Thank you very much.
0: So The Miz is certainly not lacking any intensity in that promo. And uh, that goes to show kind of just the realism that he brings to it. You know, a lot of people after that promo came out we're wondering is it a work is it a shoot I think it's definitely one of those things that was a little bit of both Uh, you can definitely see it and feel it and I do encourage everyone to go back and see it like I said it's the August 23rd 2016 edition of Talking Smack right at the very end it's about the last five minutes of the show um, and just to see the intensity in his eyes is, is really powerful. And I think that The Miz deserves a spot on this list, not just for that promo, but for all the promos that he does. Like I said, he can be funny, he can be an asshole, he can be everything that he needs to be, and he does it in a way that makes you really, really believe that he believes every single word that comes out of his mouth. All right, Moving on to number nine, we've got another guy, uh Kevin Owens and this is someone who honestly if this list came out like a year ago Kevin Owens would probably be higher on the list but it's become really obvious to me that this dude is just not meant to be a babyface Kevin Owens mic work right now is not very good in fact I'd say it's downright terrible Um, but however we have years of footage to look back on not just in WWE but during his uh, independent time and his time with Ring of Honor Um, that shows you just how good this guy can be, specifically how good heel Kevin Owens can be. Uh, There's no denying that he is one of the most naturally funny people ever and is amazing at blending reality and kayfabe together, which is another very powerful trait that a microphone worker can have, someone that makes you think, is what I'm watching supposed to be happening? Is he supposed to be saying what he's saying right now, or are we kind of peeking back behind the curtain a little bit here? Uh, Anytime you get to feel like you're peeking back behind the curtain, I think that really, really brings you in as a uh, viewer and really makes you want to listen to every single word that the person who's talking has to say because you don't know if you're going to hear something crazy. And Kevin Owens is definitely one of those people that can do all of that um he has the conviction in his voice uh like i said he's over the top funny when he wants to be but the clip that i want to show for everybody is a clip that came out not too long ago it was the august 27 2018 edition of raw uh kevin owens comes out and accepts the challenge uh, from seth rollins he's doing an open challenge for the intercontinental title Kevin Owens comes out. He laments the loss that he just took because his best friend, Sammy, best friend at the moment, Sammy Zayn, was not there to help him. And uh, this is just a really great example. It's a little more serious. Kevin Owens. He does get in a very funny line that makes me laugh every time. But this is a little bit more serious example of kind of how powerful Kevin Owens could be and the conviction that he could really speak with. And really get you to believe that he means every single word that he says so here we go August 27 2018 edition of raw Kevin Owens accepts the open challenge for the IC title
3: I'm so
4: glad you're happy Seth I'm so glad you're feeling good you you got your buddies back you got your title you got your CrossFit you're on top of the world aren't you well you know what since I came back to Raw Seth (laughs) <laughs> My life's been a living hell. It really has. And it shouldn't be that way because, you know what? Every single week I was on SmackDown Live, I wish I could come back to Raw. So now that I'm back here, things should be good, but they're not. Yeah, You, you had a great SummerSlam, didn't you? Yeah, you did. The reason for that, though, is because you had your best friend by your side. I didn't have my best friend by my side. If I had my best friend by my side, if I had Sami Zayn by my side, I would have beaten Braun Strowman. I would have cashed in the Money in the Bank contract, and
5: today, tonight, right here, right now, I would be Universal Champion. But I'm not.
4: I'm not because Sami Zayn's not here. Sami Zayn is at home because he was injured by some brute. You know what, this summer's it's been terrible, but that terrible summer ends tonight because I am not leaving this building without a title. Seth Rollins, this is Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Of a better place. Actually, I can easily think of a better place It's called Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Oh. Oh. Oh, vous êtes plus content. Tantôt, vous étiez content. Là, vous êtes fâché. Hey, oui, hey, ça ne me dérange pas. Vous avez déjà tout payé pour le nouveau t-shirt, anyway. Yeah, you didn't get any of that, but it doesn't matter. All you need to know. As I'm taking
5: your title right now.
0: Man, how does that just not pump you up? That is good stuff right there. Kevin Owens, one of my favorites. Uh, moving on in the list is number eight, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, the legacy of Stone Cold Steve Austin is undeniable. His greatness is indisputable. However, to pinpoint what made him so great to me is sort of indescribable. When I first made this list, I expected to have Steve Austin much higher on the list, but then I started going through his promos and they were all pretty good, but a lot of them weren't great. You know, Austin was very funny and totally seems like the perfect guy to have a beer with, assuming he doesn't, you know, give you a stunner right after. But I think Stone Cold Steve Austin was one of those guys that did everything really, really well, but I don't know if I would say that he did any, he was the greatest at doing anything. Uh, By the time he got to WWF, his wrestling ability was somewhat limited due to bad knees. Uh, He certainly had the ability to put on five-star matches and did put on five-star matches. Uh, He came up with a million great catchphrases, but he doesn't have all these memorable promos like I thought he would have. And now that being said, you know, he certainly knew how to work the emotion out of audiences and nobody ever got a louder pop when their music hit. But if I were to rank wrestlers' skills on a scale of 1 to 10, things like storytelling ability in and out of the ring, uh, promos, the ability to take bumps, memorable matches, all that stuff, Austin would be like an 8 to 9 in every single category. However, to me, he wouldn't be a 10 in any category including promos and for that reason he's only number eight on the list people might think that it's better but i really do think he's one of those that when you go back and watch a bunch of stone cold promos in a row you're like yeah he was really really good but I wouldn't say he's the greatest at least not me but definitely his shining moment has to be the birth of austin 316 it was king of the ring in 1996 and while it's quite short it is an insanely impactful promo let's go back and listen to it right now number eight greatest promos of all time stone cold steve austin the birth of austin 316.
5: all right ladies and gentlemen the fourth Prestigious, king of the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible
6: victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my oh, ring. on. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I'll prove, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. He is stone cold. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his pride. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list. And that's Stone Cold's list. And I'm fixing to start running through all of them.
3: All right, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And his remarks? 1996 WWF championship
6: matches considered, son. I don't give a damn if it's Davy Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come, and when I get the shots, you're looking at the next WWF champion, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.
0: Interruptions from Vince McMahon aside, I think it's very clear to see why Stone Cold Steve Austin could totally captivate any audience that he wasn't speaking in front of. And this, again, is the early stages of Austin. I think he would get better and better, but this is always the one that's going to stand out as the Steve Austin promo and the one that everybody needs to watch when you're talking about the greatest promos of all time. Moving ahead on the list, um, perhaps the opposite of Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena. Uh, John Cena comes in at number 7 on the list, and love him or hate him, there is no denying that John Cena has been one of the most important figures in the history of the WWE. From the ruthless aggression era all the way to today, Cena is one of, if not the most polarizing figures in WWE history. You can say what you want about his 16 title reigns. You can say what you want about his merchandise, his reality shows, his movies, his five moves of doom, his stupid jorts. All of them merit criticism. What doesn't merit criticism is his ability to work a microphone. John Cena is undeniably one of the best to ever cut a promo. In these days of 20 minute long opening segments, you need to be on your game. And you need to be able to hold people's attention for a long time and john cena can do that there's a million examples of this but one of my personal favorites was leading up to the 2012 night of champions against cm punk i was squarely in cm punk's corner during this year plus long feud that he had with cena but even i got goosebumps when cena cut this promo on the september 10th 2012 edition of monday night raw
7: Tonight, I'm going to take a lesson from Montreal and actually hit you in the face with a dose of truth whether you want to hear it or not. For 300 days, you have been WWE Champion. For 300 days, that championship has been irrelevant. Month after month, you watch main event by main event pass you by, and your excuse that there's some sort of weird political conspiracy against you. But the fact is, there is no you. You see, you have been here for many, many, many years, and the night you made the most noise was ironically the night your microphone was turned silent. Ah. I remember those days. Talk about change. Passionate, convicting talk of change. And then one triumphant night in Chicago when you were the victor and the universe finally said, We get change. And they were lied to. They were fooled. Into a false claim because change was not ice cream bars, change was not edgy television, change wasn't even new talent. All you meant by we want change is make CM Punk a star. You don't even know who CM Punk is. I remember in those rants that you once said that I'd become what I despise in reference to success. No. I went from an underdog, to an odds-on favorite, but I did it as me. Through all of this, through all of this, the wins, the losses, the championships, the year when I didn't win the big one at Wrestlemania, the embarrassment, the humility, I've had to stand on my own two feet and do it as me. And then there's you. You have changed your ideology numerous times. You have stabbed your friends in the back. You borrow colors from hall of famers. You steal the elbow of the late Randy Savage. All because you have yet to find you. I'm not saying you're not tough. I've been in the ring with you. And I'm not saying you're not accomplished. But your latest phase of development revolves around this. You think because you have this, you are justified respect. No, the reason you have that and have kept it is by any means necessary, and that does not define a champion in my eyes. So at Night of Champions, you're going to have to search for a new identity. You've been really, really loud these past weeks because you finally realize at Night of Champions you are in serious jeopardy of losing this. I didn't want to do this, but the city of Montreal has kind of owed me a favor so I'm going to pay one back to you. I'm a little rusty. Mais j'ai parle un petit français. pour parler les grandes victoire avec la nuit du champion mais je vais être bonne
3: which means which, which means you have lowered yourself you have lowered yourself to their level to speak their language to speak the language of the locals you have lowered yourself
5: Enough! Enough! Listen up Jack, I don't lower myself to
7: them, because they are the reason we are here. And you need a little bit of respect. So, in English, what I said was, you say you're gonna win at Night of Champions, but I'm just gonna kick your ass.
0: man, that's good stuff. (laughs) No denying Cena is a great, great mic worker, and that just proves it. But like I said, you can go back and look at pretty much any John Cena promo, and it's going to be pretty good. Uh, The man's staying power and his ability to not get stale, despite pretty much being the same character for (laughs) 18 years, really goes to speak volumes about how good that man actually is. All right, moving on, we've got number six, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the hot rod. Now, Rowdy Piper is an interesting case to me. You know, he was never the biggest guy. He was never the best worker in the ring. He was pretty much just a brawler, um, very basic moveset. But Piper, in knowing this, knew that he had to be next level on the microphone if he wanted to be a main event player. He knew that that was his bread and butter and that that's what would separate him from everybody else. He headlined the very first WrestleMania based pretty much exclusively on the strength of his promos. You know, a lot of the stuff that he said was extremely controversial um, at the time and even more controversial now. I highly doubt they would let half of Roddy Piper's promos make television today. Uh, But Piper worked in a different time, and he knew how to push the envelope even then. He came up with quotes that have stood the test of time, because those catchphrases and those memorable moments matter. You know, he's the one that said, you do not throw rocks at a man who has a machine gun. He's the one who said, just when they think they have all the answers, I change the questions. It's stuff that still gets quoted today. The intensity, the catchphrases, the originality, Roddy Piper definitely had all three. Heel or face, I think Piper was always the best when he was humorous. Most of his best mic work happened in the early to mid-80s when he was doing mid-Atlantic wrestling and when he was a heel for his first run in the WWF. However, my Some of my favorite Piper material came from after he returned as a babyface in 1989. And to me, one of Piper's shining moments was the Royal Rumble 1992, where he had a singles match against the Mountie for the Intercontinental title, and then he had a great run in the Royal Rumble match that happened to be for the world title. So he was in an interesting spot where he <clears throat> was in a position to win two titles in one night, which is something that no one had even really been afforded the opportunity let alone you know taken advantage of so here's piper with this amazing unique opportunity to enter the night as a person with no titles and leave the night as a person with two titles if they can make it through these two matches so what we're going to listen to right now is his interview prior to his first match the intercontinental title match against the mountie And this is Piper responding to the Mountie saying that not only is he going to beat Piper and not only is he going to hold on to his Intercontinental title, but he's going to take Roddy Piper's pride and he's going to take his manhood too. And here's Roddy Piper's response.
4: Roddy Piper, I can't believe a man, the Mountie, who has held the Intercontinental title for less than 48 hours can be quite so cocky, quite so arrogant.
8: Well, you know... What we're dealing with is one of the original village people here. With his mate, Jimmy Harder, who keeps kissing the bell, leaving all that lipstick on it. I heard the money out here saying, first thing I'm going to do, pounds his chest, I don't know, hit me something. First thing I'm going to do says I'm going to take Piper's integrity. It's like Jacques still trying to find a dry spot in the ocean. I ain't got no damn integrity. <sighs> do you think I got so far? Second thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take Roddy Piper's manhood. Huh? Huh? I come here to fight. I don't know what you come here to do. I come here to win two titles. I can't do that till I win the first one. I think you've been dreaming. I think it's been all wet,
3: too. On that note, let's get back to ringside.
0: Roddy Piper definitely never one to shy away from controversy or um, sort of taboo remarks, as we saw a little sample there, and you see much more when you go into his older stuff. Like I said, he was someone that embraced uh, controversy, that embraced um, bringing up taboo topics, uh, sometimes for the best, sometimes for the worst, but always got a reaction out of it. So Roddy Piper, I think, definitely deserves a spot on this list. Moving up to the number five and number four spot, and I'll tell you why I'm going to do these two together. Uh, I've got CM Punk and The Rock, and you can put them in either order. I think these guys are amazing. I'm listing them together because the clip that I want to use features both of these incredible mic workers doing what they do best, and that's bantering with each other back and forth. First, we have CM Punk, and I've already discussed it a little bit with John Cena, but Punk is so great on the microphone, much for the same reason that Kevin Owens is so great. It's his ability to come off naturally, he doesn't sound like he's repeating a memorized script. It always feels like CM Punk is shooting from the hip. And that believability factor is, to me, untouchable. It, I think it's the most important thing to any of these promos, whether you're uh, someone who screams into the microphone, whether you're arrogant, whether you're angry, whether you're demented, whatever your, your angle is, it has to be believable. And CM Punk was just the peak of believa- believability to me I really believe that he said every single he meant excuse me every single word that he said Uh, the rock on the other hand was great for very different reasons the rock was full of cliches he was full of humor and he was insanely quick with his wit one of the most quick-witted guys ever he was a well-rounded athlete uh, and his personality was absolutely perfect for the attitude era The Rock relied on some more juvenile humor and puns than CM Punk did, but his effectiveness was definitely the same. Uh, Both of these guys have the audience eating out of their hands every single time they hold a microphone. And now everybody remembers the CM Punk Pipe Bomb promo, and it really is a work of art, and it's worth listening to. If you haven't listened to it before, it's definitely worth listening to, but I want to give people a different CM Punk promo. And to me, his second best promo is perhaps The Rock's best promo, or second best promo, because he had some great ones too. Uh, But we're going to go to the January 7th, 2013 episode of Raw. CM Punk is gearing up for the end of his title run. He's going to drop the belt to The Rock at Royal Rumble. Pretty much just so The Rock can go and drop it to John Cena at WrestleMania. And this is a tough spot for Punk to be in. You know, he's been champ for 400 plus days, and he's about to drop it, knowing that there's not even a long-term plan for him after this angle. There's not really a a big rematch. Shoot, he has a rematch with The Rock, but... There's no real angle for him, and it sort of seems like the beginning of the end for CM Punk, and it was. He would actually leave the WWE a year later, almost to the day, walking out after the 2014 Royal Rumble, where he gets jobbed, as he's done for a lot of his career. However, knowing all of that, he still went out, and during this buildup to his match with The Rock, he did some of the best mic work of his career. Uh, this is the longest clip that I'm going to play for you. Uh, it, it buckle up because it is long, but it's covering two entries on this list, both CM Punk and The Rock, and it really is brilliant. So I'm just going to let it go. So here is The Rock and CM Punk doing what they do best: verbal sparring.
9: The Rock had to hear it all. The Rock wanted to wait until you said everything you had to say, so The Rock knew exactly. The kind of man he's dealing with at the Royal Rumble. And now it's become crystal clear to The Rock. You are straight up delusional. You keep mentioning that number, 414. 414 days you've been WWE Champion. That's incredible! Incredible! The real number! It ain't 414, Jack. The real number that haunts your dreams is 20. 20 excuses running around your mind right now. 20 hairs standing up on your straight-edge scrotum. Because you know, you know, in 20 days, you're going to be defending that WWE Championship against The Rock. Which means, in 20 days, You know, The Rock knows, they know. In 20 days, time's up. You want a change. You wanted a revolution. You say that when you became WWE Champion, you rejected the people. no, 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 no. The people rejected you. You talked about change. You couldn't do it. You talked about revolution. You couldn't do it. You came out and you promised everybody ice cream bars. Ice cream bars for everybody. And you couldn't even do that! You couldn't provide ice cream if the Dairy Queen Carvel and Cookie Puss drove an ice cream truck straight up your ass! (laughs) I want you to listen to something, listen to something punk, listen, that's voices, voices, you claim, you claim to be the voice of the voiceless, but that's a bunch of hot garbage, because here in the WWE Universe, there ain't no such thing as the voiceless, they have, they have voices. And they love to use their voice. They use it every single night. Every night they use their voice. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they know something special is getting ready to happen right now. They're going to use their voice. They're going to chant the loudest chant you have ever heard. They're going to chant. They're going to chant something that is going to follow you for the rest of your life. They're gonna chant. They're not gonna chant respect. They're not gonna chant best in the world. They're gonna chant exactly what you are. In three seconds, they're gonna chant Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss. (laughs)
3: Be the puppets that you are. He got you chanting about ice cream the same way I did a year and a half ago. Congratulations. They still don't get to win. You don't get to win.
9: They don't get to win? They don't get to win. Oh, they've already won. They've already won. See, that's something you fail to realize. They've already won. They won the moment The Rock woke up this morning at 4 a.m. The Rock woke up this morning at 4 a.m. He sent out his early morning tweet to the world. Then The Rock ate his famous pancakes. Then The Rock went to the gym, clanging and banging and clanging and banging. Then The Rock got his pickup truck and he drove up right up I-75, right through Alligator Alley. through alligator alley so the rock can stand right here right here in the middle of this ring in front of you in front of them in front of the world and proudly say finally the rock has come back that The Rock is back. No, it's why The Rock is back. Here's why The Rock is back. For three reasons. The Rock is back to entertain them. The Rock is back to stop you. And after 10 long years, 10 long years, The Rock is back to win that. The Rock has watched the show, every Monday Night Raw, watching you, watching you, you're you're, you're deceiving, you're backpedaling, you're lying. The Rock would watch the TV and he'd scream at the TV, good God Almighty, somebody tell this man they respect him, just so he'd shut his punk ass up. And while you're at it, somebody show this man a doctor. Is there a doctor in the house Because, because a man who claims that he's straight edge, he's running around here looking exactly like Popeye on crack. Look at you. Punk eye, the crackhead. All you need right now is little little little, little thing in the mouth. Little look choo <laughs> CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk, you have one of the most creative and innovative minds in the history of the WWE. The Rock knows it. You failed to use it. You became WWE Champion and you also became the biggest jerk the world has ever seen. The The Rock can look you in the eye and tell you this with all passion and with all heart. When The Rock is here, don't you ever say, the people don't matter. They matter. They've always mattered. You're the one that doesn't matter.
3: Oh, I matter. I'm the most successful guy. It doesn't matter if you matter!
9: <laughs> the only thing that matters is that you understand. You get it strength in your head. That, at Royal Rumble, there ain't no way. And The Rock means no way you're going to stop The Rock from becoming WWE Champion.
3: Unlike a lot of people, I'm glad you're back. I don't care what your schedule is. I don't care if you work here 16 days a year, 365 days a year. You could be Santa Claus and have his schedule. You could one day a year. I'll still kick your ass. I don't care how many movies you film every year. I know how hard that schedule probably is. But every time you come back, whenever you decide to grace us with your presence, I'm going to kick your ass. Because this isn't Candyland. I'm like nobody you've ever faced before. You can make fun of the color in my t-shirt, and you can talk about pie, and you can sing songs, and you can rhyme, and you can do your tired, lame-ass shtick. I just want you to know that come Royal Rumble, and you have about three weeks to realize this, I'm gonna kick your ass, because I'm the best in the world. I'm the best thing going today. I'm the best guy you've ever stepped foot in the ring with. And you need to understand, congratulations Rock, you just graduated from the kiddie table. But you just bit off more than you can chew. You're playing Little League with your little insults and your rhymes and your millions and millions and your finalies. And I'm in the big leagues and I'm swinging for the fence. You need to understand that your little jabs and your insults, it's all kiddie games. You can't leave a mark on the champ's face. Come Royal Rumble understand when you step in the ring your arms are just too short to box with god
0: wow just super powerful stuff um and i do want to say that this promo was what you heard right here was very rock heavy i do want to say that cm punk does speak for about like five to ten minutes before the rock comes out and he gives his spiel, so if you think that that was really rock-heavy, there's a reason for that, but just in the quick response that Punk has to, uh, to Rock's long-winded and very powerful promo, uh, you see just how cutting he can be with words. And again, I always say blasphemy is the best way to get heat. Um, I think blasphemy is a better way of getting heat than even insulting the local town sports teams. Uh, It just is proven effective. So for CM Punk to compare himself to God, especially standing in the ring with The Rock and knowing what's about to happen, I think was really, really brilliant. Um, He was someone that always looked at CM Punk was someone that always looked at uh, the bigger picture of the angle and the work that he was doing at the time. And for as selfish as CM Punk is, as many decisions that he's made that have upset uh, wrestling fans, I think there's no doubt that when he's in it, he's in it and he's committed 100%. And this was some of his best work. Again, I really encourage everyone to go check out the, uh, the pipe bomb episode, or the pipe bomb promo, I should say, which happened right before Money in the Bank 2011. I don't have an exact date for you, but it's easy enough to find on the network and on YouTube. Go check it out. These two are definitely in the best and definitely deserve to be in the top half of that list so that was number five and number four and we are moving on to number three. Oh, real quick before we move on to number three i just want to say look at this little interaction that these two have uh the rock and cm punk and we get to see the beginning of the cookie puss chant which would follow cm punk through wrestlemania i'd say um Definitely through the Royal Rumble, but even after he was done with The Rock, people were still chanting cookie puss as an insult to CM Punk. And CM Punk's line of, your arms are too short to box with God, is... um, Man, if I ever do just like the top ten lines of all time, which would not be a good top ten list, but if I ever do it, that's definitely in that list. Um, And this was done on the fly and he set it up perfectly and he called him his little verbal jabs and he did all of that leading up because he knew he wanted to deliver that line specifically so you have two guys that are really just at the top of their game rock was never not at the top of his game you go back to 1997 rock was still at the top of the of his game and this is 16 years later and he's crushing it so you've got two of the greatest of all time in the ring at the same time it just creates magic And that's something, too, where as good of a mic worker as you are, if you are feuding with another great mic worker, that's another example of the sum of the part or the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. Um, It really really creates some magic and these two had magic. I wish they had a longer program. I wish they had a program that wasn't so predictable. There wasn't anybody in the world that thought that CM Punk was going to beat The Rock because we all saw where it was going. But even with all of those things against them they were still able to create this incredibly captivating moment. And I think that really, really goes to speak to the power of both of them as mic workers. So now we'll move on to number three, and we wanna talk about captivating mic workers. There's nobody more captivating than number three on this list, Jake the Snake Roberts. And full disclosure, my intro at the beginning of this podcast Was done 100% with Jake Roberts in mind. Jake the Snake understood better than anybody else that he had the ability to leave the audience hanging on every word that he had. He did not need to get loud, he did not need to scream to get his point across. In fact, he discovered that if he went the opposite way, he actually had a stronger impact. Jake learned how to cut a promo that was perfectly fitting for his character, the snake. His mic work was steely cold and as cold-blooded as the snake itself. Whether he was a heel or a babyface, Jake never had to change much about how he worked either in the ring or on the microphone. He was the antithesis of the general promo that you saw on the day, and the general promo of, that you would see of the top two guys on this list that I'll get to in a moment. But he understood that he had something special. He rarely raised his voice, and when he did, you knew that it really meant something. Jake could stay even keel and still have you at the edge of your seat with anticipation. Nobody understood psychology better than Jake Roberts. He knew what would get a reaction out of people, and there was no line of decency that he wouldn't cross in order to get that reaction. The promo that I've chosen to highlight Jake Roberts is right before his match with Macho Man Randy Savage at this Tuesday in Texas. It's a pay-per-view on the WWE Network. It happens December 3rd, 1991. He delivers an amazing and honestly quite disturbing promo after the match where you really he slapped Elizabeth it got really awkward it got really weird and again this is another person like Roddy Piper where if he tried to do that stuff in this day and age they would put the kibosh on it right quick and justifiably so but back in the day, it was a different time and he did it for heat. He didn't do it and people were like, "Yeah, you you slapped a woman." People were did it. He did it and people were like, "Dude, you slapped a woman. That's not cool." So, it's not like he got away with it. It's not like he became more popular for it. But he knew that it would get that visceral reaction out of people like, "You motherfucker." You just hit a woman. And not just hit a woman. You hit Miss Elizabeth. Like the most genteel, pristine woman that the WWE was presenting at the time. But the promo that he cuts after the match is a little more amped up. And it's understandable as to why he just had a big match you know, with Randy Savage and the adrenaline's flowing. But I want to play you the promo that he delivers before the match. uh, Because I want you to see... The cold, or I should say here, the cold, calculating vibe that Jake Roberts was so good at. So this is his promo before the match with Macho Man Randy Savage at this Tuesday in Texas, December 3rd,
3: 1991. You're now moments away from a long-awaited encounter. We will finally see a one-on-one confrontation between Jake the Snake Roberts and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Jake Roberts, the big decision from President Jack Tunney, there will be no reptile allowed in your corner. Now, earlier I saw the macho man and his lovely bride, Elizabeth. Randy Savage is wired to the max. He cannot wait to get you into the ring.
8: So what? As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. Randy Savage, the last time I seen you, you were flailing like some helpless child, drowning. Drowning from what? Drowning from the very poison that was running through your veins after that snake had chewed on that arm. For some time he did chew. Now you look at my eyes, Randy Savage, and you see two black holes in the sky. But you look at that snake eyes and you'll see something so cold and so devilish and so deliberate. Yes, he takes care of what he has to, does what he has to, just like me. Your eyes. Your eyes weren't even there, man. You were out. You were gone. But you know whose eyes I enjoyed the most? (laughs) Do you? Elizabeth, Pupils so small, so intent, so scared for the man that she loved. And what a rush I got, man. Up and down my back, it felt so good. My hair felt like it was tingling. I mean, I had goosebumps all over my body listening to you squeal. For a man that could not do anything but flail around couldn't help himself at all you know and see the thing about jack Tunney bar and the snake from the corner let me tell you something jack Tunney. when i was brought into this world i could not rob i could not steal i could not lie i couldn't even cheat but boy did i have some help learning you have taught me so well so you see it is not my fault anything that i do out there you have given me the right to. You have almost pushed the button to make me do it. You have pulled the trigger. So anything that I do is your fault. Snake in the corner, trust me, trust me.
0: Wow, just really powerful stuff. Jake Roberts proving that you don't need to speak loud to carry the big stick, you know. Uh, You can speak softly, and to take that from Teddy Roosevelt I think is most appropriate. But now we are going to take a hard right and switch gears and enter into the top two mic workers of all time. And for me, number two is Ric Flair. Woo! The nature boy himself, the jet-flying, limousine-riding, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, son-of-a-gun, Ric Flair, his promos are legendary for their absurdity, and they're absolutely justified in being so. Nobody loved Ric Flair like Ric Flair loved Ric Flair, and he proves it in almost any interview that you can conjure up on YouTube. Ric Flair would put himself over, he would put you down, he would put the audience down, and still everybody screamed for him. They'd boo him in the ring, but they would cheer him on the mic, and that is no coincidence. If a Ric Flair promo doesn't get your heart pounding, then you need to check your pulse, because you're probably dead. Now, there's no bad era for a Ric Flair promo, but most people, myself included, would agree that his mid to late 80s stuff was the best. And here is a clip from the newly named World Championship Wrestling, used to be NWA bought out by Ted Turner, was now World Championship Wrestling, and here's Ric Flair cutting a promo directly on Buddy Landell, but that goes away quickly, and pretty soon it just becomes a promo about Ric Flair, and I do want to apologize to everybody in advance if the quality on this is a little bit lower. All of the quality for these interviews, most of them have been taken directly off my TV with the WWE Network. This one is coming directly from my computer, so it's probably going to be even worse, and I apologize about that. But here is, to me, the definitive example of Ric Flair being Ric Flair.
5: Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year i spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made you're talking to the rolex wearing diamond ring wearing kiss stealing wheel of dealing limousine lighting jet flying Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Uh, there's only one. Jim Crockett, when you brought me here 10 years ago, you knew that I was going to be the biggest star of them all. It costs a lot of money to bring the real world champion on location. Because, you see, when you got the analysis, you know we're family. Only in Arnie and Ricky. We do it better than everybody else. Don't wrap me up. The national tag team champions, the world tag team champions, Ric Flair, the world champion, Dusty Rhodes, the world TV champion, the national wrestling lines. Well, we just put everybody else alive. One question. Girls all around the world keep asking me the same question. <laughs> they all want to know <laughs> Know. And my cousin Arnie's the one that put this across. They all want to know who, what's causing all this. You know what it is? Intensified beef products. You're talking about all men. Rick Flair. The world heavyweight champion. Whoo. All right. Whoo. One more time, girls. Rick! Woo. Oh, man, I'm on fire today. Nature, boy, Rick Flair!
0: Slick Rick, baby. One of a kind. Rick Flair really kind of showing what cutting a great promo is all about there. And if one person may have been able to do it better than Rick Flair, it has to be the number one person on this list. But before I get to the number one person on this list, let's do a quick recap of numbers 10 through 9. At number 10, we started off with the Miz, number 9, Kevin Owens, number 8, Stone Cold Steve Austin, number 7, John Cena, number 6, Rowdy Roddy Piper, number 5 and 4, CM Punk and The Rock, number 3, Jake Roberts, number 2, Rick Flair, and the number one talker of all time in my opinion the greatest ever on the microphone the macho man randy savage he is the cream of the crop nobody has ever done it better randy savage is the definition of controlled chaos and in a wrestling promo what more can you ask for than controlled chaos he's spastic he seems coked up all the time he probably was Uh, he was right on the edge of insanity yet he always was able to keep it together from his early days in the WWF all the way to the end of his career in WCW, Savage was always the best on the microphone. He had unrivaled intensity. You really felt like he hated every single person that he ever worked an angle with. Uh, he was over the top, but not fully blown ridiculous like Ultimate Warrior. So that's not controlled chaos to me. That's just pure chaos. Uh, I wouldn't be doing my job as your host, ladies and gentlemen, if... Uh, If I did not include the cream of the crop promo on this list, because it is truly one of the best. And if you're listening to this, you've probably already heard it. And I like to give people things that they maybe haven't heard before. But in this case, I went through a lot of Randy Savage uh, promos and they were all freaking amazing. You know, yesterday's newspaper, cup of coffee, taking out the trash. He's got so many good ones. OCD in... um, WCW had a great one where he said he was. uh, He spoke to a doctor recently. It was a lady doctor, so that tells you the time. He was. I spoke to a woman doctor, and she told me that I was OCD. One cool dude. Like he just. God, he was so good at any stage of his career. But this to me really was the peak of Randy Savage, both as an in-ring performer and as a mic worker. So let's get to it. Uh, here is an example of the greatest mic worker of all time, Randy Savage, doing what he does best.
4: three at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guests at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy means Savage. means nothing. Nothing, nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Or I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah, unjustifiably in a
10: position that I'd rather not be in. But the- cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Macho Magnus, has yes. Got more to offer than President Jack Tony thinks that I got, yeah. I'm gonna tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in Wrestlemania 3. Yeah, let me say it, yeah. Let me say it out loud. And let me point to the President of the World Wrestling Federation the Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision, yeah. I am the cream and the World Wrestling Federation, but there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund? You know that
4: I'm the cream of the crop. Oh, wait wait a minute, though, Randy. I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental
10: Champion today? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Outside interference, yeah. In my moment of glory. Yeah, no, I'm living a nightmare, and I am the cream. And now... Not only the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt must fall, but the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Because Hulk Hogan, yeah, I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. And I'm talking to everyone in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm even talking... President Jack Tony, yeah, I'm on my way, and nothing is gonna stop me! Nothing's gonna stop me. You know, just out of curiosity,
4: Randy and I certainly don't want to diminish your tremendous uh, God-given talents, but but I'm very curious I haven't seen Elizabeth lately.
10: Yeah, she's on the outside of the ring. Does she interfere in matches? Yeah. Nothing, zero, yeah. Pure athlete, yeah. And I've been, uh, yeah, maligned from the top to the bottom. And because I can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop,
0: nobody does it better. Damn right nobody does it better. God, I love Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, Oh, I'm pumped now. I'm pumped. I should be coming down because this is the end of the podcast, but I'm just more ramped up than ever because every time I listen to the Macho Man, I just get that way. All right, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the top 10 mic workers of all time. I think this is definitely the most controversial top 10 list I've done so far. So please reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter, at Closet Champ. Let me know what you thought of the list. Let me know who I missed. Let me know who didn't deserve a spot in the top 10. And tell me why I'm wrong. I love hearing from you guys. And if you haven't already, whether you're listening on Apple or Google or Spotify or Anchor, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Gives me love, lets you know every single time I'm coming out with a new podcast. And real quick, before I get out of here, I did make a little joke about being quarantined at the beginning of this podcast. And while I'm doing fine and I'm healthy, uh, I do work in the service industry, which means that I'm temporarily out of work. And I'm very lucky because I have some money saved up and I've got friends and family that I can lean on and I've got other opportunities for employment that I can do until the bars and restaurants open back up. However, many people are not that lucky and many service industry employees are currently facing hardships that they don't know if they'll recover from. This is an indefinite amount of time and people are gonna be draining their resources and really struggling to get by until they're able to go back to their jobs. That being said, I want to issue a challenge to my listeners because you're cool people. You listen to this show. I want us to do what we can to help everybody out. When the bars and restaurants open back up, I want you to go out, support local businesses if you can, and and by the way, that doesn't mean not going to chains. Just make sure they're franchise chains. Make sure that they're local people that are actually owning and employing the people that work there. That still counts. Uh, Just because it's Applebee's doesn't mean it isn't local. Uh, And I want you to go out to these places as soon as you can, once the quarantine's lifted, and drop a fat tip on your server. If the service was good, I challenge you to double what you would normally tip, just for your first time back out. It'll make a huge difference in that server's life. A lot of people are going to be digging themselves out of holes in the next upcoming months. And I think the least that we can do as people is help them afford a bigger shovel. Until next time, I'm Mike Mueller, your closet champ, and I'm taking the count out loss and getting out of here with my belt. Good night, everybody.